We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Usually Liz calls this a baby sewed. I'm going to call it a solo sewed. I'll just rebrand it for myself. So welcome to the first ever Amelia solo sewed. It is going to be a mini episode. I cannot pretend that I'm going to be interesting for a solid hour. <laughs> so um, this is the, the holy half hour. Welcome to the Holy Hour. I'm Amelia Sampson, and I am hosting by myself for the first time ever. I am very nervous. I already recorded an entire episode two nights ago, but I I was freaking out about it, so <laughs> I'm doing another recording. Um, I'll just chalk that up to a dress rehearsal. I am not very good at just talking to myself and with myself. If you follow me on any video platform, you see that I chop things up to make them you know flow well because I I tend to um blab <laughs> and I put a lot of uh pauses between thoughts <laughs> I'm not going to pretend that this is going to be very um interesting or smooth without my trusty companion Liz but she is out this week I will let her let you know where she is so here is Liz Hello, angels. So it's me, Liz, obviously. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure where Amelia is going to put this little snip in, Um, but obviously she is hosting by herself today. And to detail that a little bit, um, my Nana passed away this past weekend. So I am about to leave to go to the Midwest for her funeral. Um, It was like unexpected and expected at the same time, if that makes sense. Um, and Amelia offered to host by herself today. And I just love producing this show so much that that hadn't even crossed my mind as an option. I, it just wasn't even something I thought of. So I'm so glad that she offered because the second I realized like that was an option, I was like, oh my gosh, thank God. And, um, I think that's like something that we both have talked about, uh, in the past, like we just support each other's mental health and mental well-being and emotional well-being. And I'm really glad that she was able to pick up on that might be something that I needed in 
and like some kind of support that I would need because, you know, I had to plan this at the last second. And obviously I do have a full-time job aside from doing this. (laughs) Um, but I think, uh, since we talk about mental health so much and we're so honest about it, I think that this is a good time to talk about grief because I've been thinking about it a lot lately and, um, grief shows up in everyone's life. If, if you're human, you have experienced grief. And, um, I think we tend to think of grief as something that gets smaller or goes away. And that's not true. We just, our grief stays the same and we just make more room for it in our lives. Um, and I think it's just an important part of being empathetic and being a person and, um, grief is not a linear healing process. And in some ways we never stop grieving the loss of the people that we love. Um, so I'm very thankful that, uh, I get to celebrate my Nana's life with my family and I haven't seen them in a long time. And although I wish it were we're under better circumstances. Like I'm so, so happy I get to see them and spend time with them, especially, um, my mom right now. I've also seen a quote that I'm sure a lot of folks have seen that says, I sat with anger long enough until she told me her name was grief. And if you're anything like me, that is 100% how I used to process my grief was through anger. And that's also how a lot of my anxiety used to show up was just through anger. Um, I recently told Mr. Liz this. <laughs> I used to get so mad that like I couldn't see, like my eyes would shake. And um, finally, you know, after going to therapy and I think also just maturing in general, that's not something I experience anymore because I'm able to process my feelings better. But, um, yeah, if you're like me, grief shows up in an angry way. I think we try so often to not feel anything bad because it's, it's called a bad feeling for a reason. You know, it's not because you like feeling it. (laughs) Um, so often we try to avoid those feelings. Um, but the way that I have processed grief that I felt has been the most beneficial is to just allow myself to feel my feelings. And, um, as someone who is so sensitive and so open about my feelings, I can talk about my feelings, but, actually experiencing them is something totally different. (laughs) Uh, and I, I'm sure I've mentioned this so many times, but it's really hard for me to process bad feelings. If I'm around another person, um, I like to be alone when I'm processing a bad feeling and I'm sure there's a lot more to unpack in therapy about that than I already have. Um, but there is like a level of shame attached to feeling bad because you don't want other people to feel bad. And even just talking about this, like I'm already feeling bad and awkward and uncomfortable thinking about other people like, you know, telling me they're sorry for my loss and just because they're uncomfortable, which makes me uncomfortable. And then it's just this cycle of feeling awkward between two people, (laughs) even though we all have lost someone and we all know how that feels and have processed those feelings in the past. Um, so it's just kind of funny that we all feel uncomfortable, (laughs) even though (laughs) we know exactly how the other person feels, but that's probably just part of being a person. 
But anyways, um, I know that you all are going to be thoroughly entertained by Amelia because who the fuck isn't? We're all so entertained by her. And I mean, a ton of our listeners are here because of Amelia and her online presence and just how like interesting and beautiful and amazing and clever and silly she is. So um, also she's getting a cat. Uh, I don't know if she's already told you that, but I cannot fucking wait. We're just a couple of old cat ladies. I've been waiting for this to happen and it's finally fucking happening. So, um, I can't wait to be a godmother and, or an aunt. I don't know. Maybe both a, a godmother aunt, god man. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll come up with a good word for that. Anyways. Um, she, she's going to give you an amazing show. I just know it. And I can't wait to listen, but I love you so much. And I can't wait to talk to you again next week and give you, uh, hopefully some spicy content. Love you. Bye. Ugh, that's my fucking girl. We're obviously all thinking about you, Liz. I miss you already. I have, um, separation anxiety from you. <laughs> as you know. Um, I also think, uh, I think the term is god aunt. And yes, I am getting a cat, y'all. I'm fostering a little baby for a year. Um, Her family is moving to London and she can't go with them. So I'm just going to be a home for her for a little bit. It'll be a nice little trial period and I'm so excited. We haven't really talked much about grief on the podcast, but it really is so important. Obviously, none of us like feeling grief. We don't like bad feelings, as Liz said, but when we really like handle an emotion when we're feeling it before we put it down, it it helps us in the long run. So I think being able to honor our grief is really important. And I'm really glad that Liz is taking the time to focus on that right now. And um, I really hope that I do her proud. She really talked me up on that little clip. Um, Please just lie to me and say that this was a good episode, everyone who's listening. Thanks. (laughs) So I have ended up on baby TikTok, like new mother TikTok. I don't know if uh, the TikTok gods are trying to tell me that I need to take a pregnancy test. (laughs) That was a bad joke. Maybe it's not a joke. Um, But I came across this video of this mother questioning her very young son. I think he, he must be like three or four. He's really little. Um, and asking him questions about how to treat somebody when they're on their period. And I, it, I, I'll play you the audio. You don't really need to see it. The, the user's name is DNA official. I wanted to talk about this. I'm really curious about how y'all feel about somebody exposing their son to periods this young. So I just wanted to, um, play it for y'all. Aishra, do you know what a period is? Yes. What's the period? That girls bring out their goodies. When they bring out their goodies. Mm-hmm. And what are you supposed to do when girls are on their period? Get them pads. Get them pads and get them what else? Hugs and kisses. Mm-hmm. So if a girl has blood on her pants, are you supposed to laugh at her? Mm-mm. What are you supposed to tell her? Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay and that it's normal? Mm-hmm. Yes. I really loved this. Liz and I have talked a lot. I think it was actually our first episode that we first talked about this, about how during sex ed conversations in elementary schools, they shouldn't separate um, the boys and the girls. Because 
I think that that leads to a lifetime of little boys being grossed out about periods, being grossed out about how like the female body works because they get moved into another room when we're learning about our bodies. And I have always thought that it would be beneficial for boys to be exposed to these very normal human body things at an early age. So I came across this video of this very young child knowing how to treat somebody when they're on their period. For a little boy to be saying that and to not have him be like, ew, you know, like that's pretty amazing. And I read the comments, I was expecting the comments to be like, don't teach your child this. Like, he's too young for this. This is disgusting. Why does he need to know this? Blah, blah, blah. I was expecting to see comments like that. And the comments were so nice and supportive. And I, it was just shocking because we all know how the internet can be. Um, I'm sure that there are some naysayers in the comments somewhere, again, because it is the internet. But I don't know. I just thought that this was a really cool video to come across. This is also something I want to talk to Liz about. Um, maybe we'll bring it up again next week, so let us know what you think. Okay, I also got a message from one of our listeners asking about, um, masturbation duration times. Masturbation duration. That's fun to say. Masturbation duration. <laughs> um, and they wanted to know, uh, like, what a normal time to masturbate would be because, uh, Nikki Glazer apparently was talking about on her podcast that her sessions can last a couple of hours. Um, the person that wrote in said that theirs could also take a couple of hours, but that their partner thinks that that's too long. Um, I agree. And it's just something that I haven't really thought of before. I, I Obviously, everyone's body is different. Um, masturbating for a lot of people can feel like kind of like a spiritual <laughs> event. So like if you want to like take your time and like savor the moment and like really enjoy it, then that's your prerogative. I don't think that there's like a normal amount of time to masturbate. Yeah, I, this is one of those things. Everyone's body is different. Everyone has different preferences for how they um, manage their sex life, whether that be with other people or with themselves. So yeah, I think the short answer is, is that there's no real like hard and fast, so to speak, <laughs> truth to uh, like a normal duration, a normal masturbation duration. I think that the duration probably also depends on how often you masturbate. Like if it's not often, then maybe it'll be quicker or maybe it'll take longer because you're like out of practice of what feels good. Different things can affect it. I know that since I've been on Prozac, it's taken me longer to come. Um, some people can't get horny any like their libido just completely goes down the drain when they're on SSRIs um I've been lucky enough that that hasn't been the case it just now takes longer so that will affect it so I don't know I think I could kind of spin my wheels on this for a while and talk talk it to death but um I think that just the the bottom line of it is that there are so many things that can affect it and there is no correct answer I think a few hours sounds like a very long time um but I'm also impatient <laughs> and um, when I go to masturbate, it's because I like need the release. So my sessions will last like 15 minutes. I'm sure Liz has an entirely different answer. Um, I'm sure everybody listening has a different answer. So yeah, there's no shame in the masturbation game. Whatever feels good and right, I think is perfectly normal. I hope that helps. All right, so y'all, I've been so excited to read through these. I posted on Monday about... Um, the cringiest thing that somebody has ever said to you in bed. And I asked people what their answer would be. 
these answers that I have gotten, first of all, I got probably like 200 answers, which is, y'all are hilarious. These are so cringy. Obviously, I can't read every single one of them, so I'm just gonna read my favorites, but holy shit, y'all. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, there are some things in here that are like, when I think of cringy, I don't think of like problematic necessarily. Some of them might be, but like some things are just like, oh, like, you know, things that just make you go like, <laughs> like cringy. And um, reading through these really made me do that. So here are a few of my favorites. Again, I'm gonna keep these entirely anonymous. This person said he asked if I was only sleeping with him because he was at Harvard Law during sex. <laughs> I messaged this person back. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe that just like, maybe thinking about his Harvard Law degree like makes him come. <laughs> but like during sex, holy shit. If somebody was like, hey, are you only fucking me because I go to law school? First of all, I'd probably be like, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but like, I would be like, can we like talk about this later? I don't know. It just feels like a really cringy thing to ask in bed. Okay, this next one says TMI and I'm not even joking. The person asked, do Asians have different colored cum? Y'all, what the fuck? This is a perfect example of why good sex ed programs in schools is so important. Like, I always like saying there are no stupid questions, but you know, there are some exceptions to the rule. <laughs> when I tell you that there were probably like 30 answers in here of one night stands saying I love you in bed, I, I understand accidentally slipping up on it, especially if you're, when I first got out of a relationship, whenever I was hooking up with people after the fact, I would feel like I wanted to say I love you, even though I w did not love these people, even so, I didn't even know these people, but I was so used to saying I love you during sex, I like got into that habit that I had to actively stop myself from saying it. So, I mean, like I can understand an accidental slip up in that sense, but if somebody like says it and doubles down on it, cringe. Oh God, Ugh, I'm uncomfy. Oh my God, okay y'all. This, <laughs> this is actually um, one of the cringiest things that anybody said to me in bed. And the reason that I'm telling this now is because the person who said it answered my Instagram post about it quoting himself. So I think that I'm safe to tell this story. Um, one of my very, very good guy friends and I um, were testing the waters on dating and hooking up with each other for like a very hot sec. Spoiler, it didn't work out. Still love him to death. Still one of my best friends. But we but we did. We we tested, uh, took a little, little ride on the vein train. <laughs> and the first time that we were hooking up, we were making out and in the middle of making out, he pulls back and like in this very sensual voice was like, you look so much like your mom right now. <laughs> and I was like, first of all, like, thank you. Um, my mom is a beautiful woman. Uh, and also I can't imagine a worse time for you to be saying that. <laughs> And we still laugh about it today, but holy shit, I um, I could not think of a, a worse time to bring up someone's parent. Oh my God. Okay, I'm moving on to this next one. Somebody's answer was, I told him I didn't come. And then he said, I made you come the other night. <laughs> Y'all, what? That's like saying like, 
oh yeah, you, like you smell kind of bad. Like, oh, I showered last week. <laughs> like, okay, you still got to do it more recently than that. Just because you did it once doesn't mean you're off the hook. I, when I was hooking up with um, Fake Dom, who we've talked about on this podcast before, Gem of a Human, and I'm saying that with full sarcasm, he came and then I told him that I didn't come and he was like, oh, sorry. And not even like, a, oh, sorry, let's like take care of that. He was just like, sorry, that sucks. Oh my God. Somebody said she called me Shane, which is her brother's name. Oh no. Oh no. Oh my God. That I can't imagine anything cringier than saying a family member's name in bed. Her own brother? Oh my God. This person was hooking up with someone and they said, my ex would have finished five times by now. Sure, Jan. <laughs> No, she wouldn't have. She was probably faking. How insecure do you have to be to make somebody else feel insecure about not being able to come? Really? Like, it takes two to tango, my dude. Try something different, you know? If this if this method isn't doing it for you, then uh, might I suggest any other method? Don't just, like, shame the person for not being able to come. This next answer, <laughs> this person said, well, I'm glad I finished. Can you just go now? You can just take care of that alone, right? Like the person didn't want to put in the work to help the other person finish. This is just like, if you've listened to the podcast for a while or if you've recently caught up, you probably remember Sad Dry Handjob is the nickname of um, a gentleman that I hooked up with. And I say hooked up with very loosely because he, um, I gave him a sad dry handjob after he um, slut shamed me for having lube. Because it was a sad dry hand job, so I went and grabbed lube, and then he didn't know what lube was, and then I had to educate him on what lube was. Uh, and then he came, and then he was like, oh, this is awkward, because, like, you're really awake now, but I'm really tired, so... Like, saying that, like, he was gonna go home, and then, like, I could just take care of myself. Sir, no. That's not how this works. Oh my god, he didn't touch me once. It was very, it was very disappointing. Um, and I felt disgusting. So, um, yeah. That was sad, dry hand job. Little throwback story for y'all. Somebody said, I said it. I said, come for me, princess bitch. Not a shining moment, but a moment nonetheless. This made me laugh because now I just want everybody to call me princess bitch. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. It is pretty cringy, but it's hilarious. It's like your, your BDSM wires got crossed. You know, like you got the praise of princess and you got the degradation of bitch. What a combo. Strong combo. You covered all your bases, that's for sure. A guy told me that he would... Fuck my dead body. Okay, I'm, I say this all of the time on this podcast. You'll never catch either of us kink shaming, but necrophilia is one of the ones that I just cannot tolerate because um, it's actually, it's like the army hammer cannibalism thing. Like there is an element of really fucked up shit involved with that, that like kind of, infers, not infers, literally there is a need for me to be dead involved in that, in fulfilling that fantasy. Like that is an actually scary thing to say. Oh my God, this guy requested that this girl wore no makeup and then he licked her entire face. <laughs> See, that's one of those things that's like, that's not problematic. It's just like a little cringy. Like Having the foresight of like, listen, not a big fan of how like MAC foundation tastes. So if you could just like show up with no makeup, don't ask questions. <laughs> if a dude licked my entire face during sex, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? I feel 
that I could eventually get used to, if that's something that my partner like really wanted to do and like really needed to do, then I could get used to it. But like, holy fuck, if it's just like a hookup situation and you haven't discussed it, holy cringe. Somebody said, um, the classic is it feels like you're shoving a baby arm in my ass. Is that a classic thing that people say? Cause that's fucking weird and gross. Why are you comparing dicks to baby arms? Baby arms. Is, this, is that a thing? Is that a reference to something? I fucking hope it is. Okay. Oh God, it's so hard to pick a last one to go through, but somebody said that somebody told them that vaginas look like gunshot wounds. Like if somebody looked at my vagina and was like, oh, this looks like a gunshot wound and then proceed to fuck it. <laughs> I think that would just automatically get me out of the mood. I think that would be game over for me. You know what I mean? Anyway, thank you guys so much for sending those in. I feel like I could go over them for forever. They are so funny and cringy. There were so many of them and I really, really appreciate you sharing those with me. Okay, so because this is very much so a discussion-based episode, since I'm so nervous talking alone, um, the sex fact of the week this week is it's it's a fact from Women's Health Mag that um, I actually want to open up the floor for discussion as well. Um, I'll read you <laughs> I'll read you the fact, uh, and then I'll make comments about it. Condoms don't actually affect pleasure all that much. Next time a guy complains about using a condom, serve him up this study that found men and women enjoy sex just as much with condoms as they do without. In fact, condoms might even make sex better thanks to new pleasure-enhancing innovations. The study is a women's health mag study. I'm not, I'm not going to bore you with the Journal of Sexual Medicine um, study that was conducted. But I was actually thinking about this the other day because I've heard this a lot from a lot of my guy friends that condoms don't make that much of a difference. I like having sex without condoms on just because it, like, it makes me feel closer to the person, and that is 100% placebo, 100%. Um, I can't really feel a difference, and I know that for a fact as somebody with a vagina, I've heard from a lot of guys like, oh yeah, guys that like don't wanna wear con, like it feels like a tiny, tiny, tiny bit different, but like it's not that big of a deal, which is good to know because I won't have sex without a condom unless I am only sleeping with that person, and I know that we are both clean. However, like, in the past, when I've had sex with someone without a condom, just like as a one-off, we it, it feels like sexier and more like, I don't, I think another part of it too is that um, it's more like in the moment, like you don't have to like open a condom and slip it on and like, that, you know, remove the momentum. It's just like you get horny and you just shove it in. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I think that a lot of like why I think it feels better is really just a mind over matter kind of thing. But I'm curious to hear what y'all think about that too. There's a lot to discuss. I'm clearly not used to having these conversations alone, but I, I just read that and I thought it was interesting. Please don't come for me, so to speak. I'm just reading this from Women's Health. All right, I'm gonna cut it off here. Thank you so much for listening and sticking with me through this whole episode. I do not like doing this alone. I feel really lucky that I can, and I, I'm really glad that Liz is able to take some time off. Um, but I miss Liz. And uh, I just am looking forward to recording with her next week. So if you are not following us on Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter, please do at the Holy Hour. 
any emails that you want to send, any stories that you have for us at, um, no, fuck, hold on. See, I'm so nervous. I'm, I'm at the home stretch. This is the part of the episode that I do every week and I'm nervous. Okay. Holyhourpodcast at gmail.com at the holy hour on all social media. Please, please write us. Hearing from y'all is the best thing in the fucking world. Okay. We love you, our children. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.